Thanks for listening to the Pop Culture Cosmos and the PCC Multiverse. Check out more great podcasts today on one of these awesome affiliate networks. You're listening to a Weeby Geeks Network podcast. You're listening to the ESO Network, your station for all things geek. The Tangibound Network. Check it out. Tangiboundnetwork.com. Listen to this show, the latest episode, every time. A proud member of the Good and Geek Network. The opinions expressed are those of each individual. Check out all the other geeky podcasts over at gunnageeknetwork.com and get ready because geekiness begins in 3, 2, 1. On this week's episode, Google changes its tune. Vince Vaughn gets freaky and Tony Hawk is skating once again. All this and more as we once again delve into the pop culture cosmos. Welcome to the pop culture cosmos. And we're back with another episode of the pop culture cosmos. This is Gerald Glassford from Pop Culture Cosmos, Inside Sports Fantasy Football, The Lakers Fast Break, and Game Source. We truly appreciate everyone out there listening to all of our great shows. And if you can, please give us that five-star review on Apple Podcasts. And also, if you could like, share, subscribe, follow, send us out some Facebook gaming stars. It is truly appreciated. But it wouldn't be a pop culture cosmos without my good friend. He's our own freaky dude of pop culture cosmos. You got to check out what he's doing today at popculturecosmos.com. Also, his great shows, Topicocalypse and the Super BS Gamescast. And of course, his book, Congratulations, You Suck, which you can get today at Barnes & Noble and Amazon. It is my good friend. It is Captain Josh Peterson. What's up, man? Cleaning the decks, you know, just uh, making sure the, the ship is ship-shaped, checking all the slip knots and the... Uh... The uh, wood splinters and things, just managing the crew, you know, just being Captain Captain Josh today. Well, that's interesting you that you actually picked being Captain today because I want to ask you here in a little bit when we go to Ubisoft, and I'll have you think about this. They are doing a, well, they have on, on tap a pirate game that was hopefully going to be part of this Ubisoft 4 that they recently had, but it wasn't. So I want to hear your thoughts on that and what was there at Ubisoft Forward coming up later in the program. Plus also as well, we're going to talk about DC Fandom. They had another DC Fandom this past weekend. Was it of any real note? We'll talk about that coming up later in the program as well. YouTube Music. Google Play is going bye-bye. And YouTube Music is saying hello to you. We'll talk about the prospects of how big Google Play Music's new venture into YouTube Music can can become. Vince Vaughn has got a new role that hopefully will, for him anyways, and his agent, will make him relevant once again. What kind of role is coming out for Vince Vaughn and what kind of movie is he in? We'll talk about that coming up as he gets freaky later on in the show. Star Trek Discovery on Star Trek Day dropped their latest season trailer for season three. We'll talk about Star Trek Discovery's future, so to speak, coming up also later in the program. Tony Hawk's Pro Skater 1 and 2, the remake is out, and we'll talk about that here on the back end of the show as well. Unfortunately, no Daphne Matthew. She could not make it to this weekend to talk more about The Walking Dead. Hopefully, I'll get her on in the future, but... There's still a lot of great things to talk about right here today at the Pop Culture Cosmos. But Josh, I know Marcus De La Garza and I touched on it on the PCC Multiverse, which is now available everywhere you get your podcasts on the Pop Culture Cosmos channel. But I know, being our resident Xbox fanboy, you wanted to go ahead and spend some time talking about your impressions of what xbox debuted in regards to a price regards to release date for the xbox series s and the xbox series x to give everyone an update if you didn't get a chance to hear marcus and i earlier on friday i want to go ahead and give everybody a shout out that xbox after a leak of course you know it could because i always have to do it after a leak 
came out with their prices Xbox Series S at $299 and Xbox Series X at $499 with an arrival date of November 10th. So now that you know all that, my friend, what are your thoughts on what Xbox releasing is with the all-digital only Xbox Series S and, of course, the more powerful in a not too big of a way. It's going to be mainly resolution size, when it comes to what the Xbox Series X has to offer as well. Plus, it has the Blu-ray, of course. So, I, th- yeah, this was weird to me that they announced, like, they announced the price of the S in a tweet, which was, you know, an interesting way to do things. I, I didn't know that there was a leak, so maybe that's why they did it. And then Yeah, they there ended was up... a leak but the, day, the night before, actually. Yeah, so then they ended up doing, you know, just letting people know over Twitter what happened. And then they went ahead and the next day announced like what the Series X was going to cost. And meanwhile, PlayStation is getting the opportunity to kind of do a thing, you know. And I think Xbox, there was talk, right, that there's going to be an Xbox conference that was going to, you know, talk more about the games coming up, what we can expect at launch and kind of show off the hardware a little bit more. But now... I don't know if they're going to do that. I haven't heard anything. I just, it seemed like kind of a lackluster way to make the announcement, you know, hitting the prices specifically. I think two ninety nine is a pretty decent price tag for the Xbox series S. Cause I know a lot of people, especially, you know, the guys from the super BS games cast who do the, the series, they don't buy physical games anymore. So that's the perfect console for them. You know, they, they download things off games pass and they do like the, uh, all the, the digital sales and all that. if you, you guys actually go online right or onto the live marketplace right now ubisoft has a sale i think it's going on on the playstation as well but you know on that note going up to the series x which does have the disc drive on it 499 that was about what i thought it was going to be as about the same price as the uh the xbox one was right at launch if i remember correctly right around that price yeah yeah so you know that's not totally unexpected and i know gamestop if you're having you know, if you think you're not going to have the funds, I know GameStop had talked about doing like payment plans on it. I know Xbox uh, has a uh, play, payment plan where you can go ahead and a bundle price each month. You pay a monthly fee, not only for the actual unit, but also the Games Pass. It's a, it's a whole bundle thing as far as the Games Pass, Xbox Live, and the actual monthly payments towards the console itself. Yeah, so I mean, I, I guess like they i'm i'm glad to see that they're noticing you know the financial struggles that a lot of people are probably still having as a result of you know corona and the quarantine and all that so that's really cool i i just i'm hoping that they're going to do some kind of like you know big video conference to give us because they haven't even told us what's launching with this like we know valhalla is launching with it we know that we're getting gears tactics at launch which is already out on the pc but other than that there's not really anything that's like for sure has been like solidified as coming out with the console. So I'm hoping that they, you know, they show us a, uh, some kind of reel or something, but uh, I, I don't know. I think 299 and 499 is a fair price point. I just wish that there would have been a little more like luster in their announcements of this stuff. What are your thoughts though? Well, as I said before on Friday, I'm just going to be hesitant to actually get it right away because the fact that there's, very little known about launch games that are exclusive to this new platform. I mean, if we're just getting like bumped up res versions of games that are already out, that's not really going to entice me to actually come in and buy right away. And that's, that's the thing. I mean, I don't have a 4k TV. My TV's 1080. So all I can do is maybe get the 299 one because that only goes up to 1440 res, I think, as far as it's concerned. So, I mean, I don't need a 4K unit yet. Yeah. And that, so I really don't have the need. Then why would I want to go ahead and get it? Is because of the games. And the games, there's no launch games that are really just saying, I got to go out and get it. I mean, the games that I want from that Xbox conference that they had a couple months ago they're not coming out until you know any time in the future. So until there are actual attractive Xbox series games that are exclusive, that are not just bumped up versions, I'm going to wait. I totally get that. I know a lot of people. I was talking to you know Brank from Super BS, and he's of the same mindset that you are. You know, and as for like Valhalla, it's still going to be released on Xbox One. So if that's like the reason you're buying an Xbox Series X, you might as well just 
keep on your one till you know something comes out you do want to play i mean and, even know, halo halo will come out on the x we're not going to give up on the xbox one at least no no halo. yeah halo will be coming out and i know forza will be coming out and fable which i'm i'm really excited about those games of course but i don't necessarily know like say we have a launch that just has Gears Tactics and Valhalla and maybe a couple other off-name games. Like I, I don't know if that would be enough to push me, which is why I'm curious to see what PlayStation is going to be throwing out. Because if they end up having things at launch that are interesting, I, I mean, they could very well, you know, get my money should I choose to purchase a console. I know the pre-orders go up on September 22nd. In and around there. So... Uh, I know the like the Amazon pages are live and all that, so we'll see. Uh, and I know I hope hopefully Sony will do something similar with it now that they've backtracked on the uh, backwards compatibility. Hopefully they'll do something similar to Microsoft in terms of like offering people payment plans because it would be a real shame if these consoles came out the gate and nobody bought them. Well, the thing is though with PlayStation, I know Xbox has talked about the backwards compatibility, and the backwards compatibility is all the way to the original Xbox. Is that correct? Yeah. And that's um for for I don't know if it's the whole catalog uh, the whole catalog of games but I know it's like the a lot of the big ones you can like Crimson Skies, Halo, um I know Armed and Dangerous I think is on that list. All the ones that they had done before previously as far as that mm-hmm. that they had that they had delved into. I know that some of them are the older Xbox games are nightmare as far as the codes to weed through in order to get them compliant. So I know if you yeah. want the entire original Xbox catalog, that may be a, a very tough undergoing for Xbox. Yeah. But with PlayStation, like you said, backtracking on it, that takes out a big part of what I was looking at it for as far as being able to go back all the way to the original PlayStation. This, Even if it doesn't go to the PlayStation 3, that's very disappointing for me because there's a lot of PlayStation 3 games that I, I enjoyed over the years that I'd love to revisit. But with yeah. PlayStation, it, it's same thing. What launch games, what exclusive launch games are coming out for the PlayStation 5 that are only going to be on the PlayStation 5? If I'm just getting bumped up versions of games that I can already get out on the PlayStation 4, that really is not going to ask me to go ahead and, hey, you know what, I want to spend three to $500 on a new system. It just, it's not attractive to me. And that's, yeah. and that's the problem you have as, as Sony or Microsoft. You want to go ahead and build a base for your future, but you've got, in the case, especially in the case of PlayStation, over 100 million PlayStation 4 owners out there who are actively still using their PlayStation 4s. Why would you want to give up on that marketplace? So just it just seems like this this console generation was kind of forced on us, this new one, when it didn't necessarily need to happen. We didn't necessarily were saying, oh, yeah, we got to have a next generation. I mean, in, in time, I'm sure it'll be great and, and we'll, all these games will be exclusive to it and, and the PlayStation 4 and Xbox One will come to pass. But yeah, I understand. And I also understand that these systems on this current generation it's been out what uh 2014 so it's six years seven years Mm -hmm. okay that's getting a little bit up in mileage but again these aren't half bad systems even now yeah i mean they're still they're still working they still do what they need to and as long as they keep creating and publishing games that are will work on these consoles like it's it's hard to say, like, unless you really are enticing people to buy something new, then I I don't think a lot of people are going to... I mean, obviously, you have, like, your your dedicated fan base. You know, you have your Sony fanboys, Xbox fanboys who are going to buy things no matter what. But, uh, yeah, it's just... It's, it's a crapshoot right now, I guess, you know, in terms of, like who's going to buy what and does do people have the money like they're Mike both Microsoft and Sony are taking a pretty big risk here and I, I know that Sony I don't know if they've actually officially announced anything that's coming out at launch I know there's like Crash Bandicoot and Spider-Man but I mean if that's all there is then it's going to be a sad day for them as well and but um, again those are games that are going to be available on the PlayStation 5 most likely as well correct mm-hmm and then Correct. yeah and i know the ratchet and clank game is that going to be exclusive you know, we don't know how many of these games are going to be exclusive to these systems when is this changeover going to happen 
when this changeover starts to happen, I will be more inclined to buy it. And I think a lot millions yeah. of other people will be inclined to buy it. But as long as it's just this nice convenience thing that right now in the middle of a pandemic is a pretty much a non-necessity for a lot mm-hmm. of people out there, I think it's going to fall as far as both systems where it comes to you know, supply and demand. I don't think it will actually get the kind of demand right now that I think that they're both hoping for. Yeah, well, I think they're both in a in a bad spot, right? Because like, if you don't release games for the older console, still people are going to be mad. But if you, uh, you know, if you make things only for newer consoles and don't, and, and you know, the it it costs a lot of money. These consoles cost a lot of money. So if you're it's just it's there's no middle of the road here for them like this is the best decision for them right now is to still produce things for the older consoles because if they don't you have a lot of people saying well i can't afford to buy this and you're you know you're ruining my gaming well it's also Uh, the fact that you're you're spending 50 to 200 million dollars on a game and would you be basing it solely on a next console generation that maybe has what 5 million 10 million units out there at the most by the end of the year Mm -hmm. and you're talking about the same thing here. You've got this marketplace was saturated between the two of them, about 150 million units, let's say, out there worldwide. Yeah, and, you know, yeah, they're it's just simple, in a tough spot. <laughs> simple economics, man. It happens every generation, and I get that. Mm-hmm. But the thing is, with this one, the exclusive titles or the lack of them is the big key issue. Each and every you know system generation before it had exclusive games to it. Even the Xbox One with uh, what was it, Rise, Ryse, and and some other games mm-hmm. that that came out at the time were only available on the Xbox One. They were not available on the Xbox 360. Same thing with PlayStation Four. They had exclusive titles. You don't see that you know unless we're we're going to see something different here within the next few days, or we're going to get announcements over the next few months. Uh, or next couple months, we're going to have to, you know, say that right now it's probably safer for most people to say, you know what, I think I'm going to wait a bit on the next generation. Yeah, I mean, and that's that. In all probability, that'll be what a lot of people end up doing. Again, I would just like to see things become like solidified, right? Like, tell us, put it in paper, put it, have have your spokesperson come out and just say this is this because even with you know microsoft's release dates and stuff like it's still everything there's still so many unknowns so i mean they need to take those unknowns and make them known before their pre-order page is open because a lot of people just they need to know what they're buying and why they're buying it absolutely what are your thoughts out there on xbox series x and xbox series s coming out november 10th at 299 and 499 then also what you're hoping for when it comes to PlayStation 5's announcement, the hopefully official announcement at the game showcase that will be coming out later this week. Share us your thoughts. PopCultureCosmos at Yahoo.com. Hey, this is Chad from Ghost Toasters, and you're listening to Pop Culture Cosmos Podcast. Needing an edge for your fantasy football team? Listen to the guys at Inside Sports Fantasy Football for insight that will help you reach your league championship. That's Inside Sports Fantasy Football. Check it out today on your favorite podcast outlet. My friend, DC Fandom, ran this weekend. Kind of not the exact star-studded event that the previous one had. This one focused a lot more like what was expected on the comics, animated shows, and also as well the CW TV lineup as far as that's concerned. I want to hear your thoughts on DC Fandom this weekend. Did anything catch your eye? I mean, again, it was a lot of TV announcements, a lot of uh, shows coming up there from Stargirl to the new Superman and Lois to other stuff like that, but really nothing earth-shattering outside of maybe Doom Patrol. They've announced that Doom Patrol got picked up for a third season from HBO Max, so really just not not that overwhelming because even the news of Wonder Woman getting delayed to Christmas, that was announced before the DC fandom, so they didn't even really give the news there. Yeah, did we not see that coming, though? We did. We saw it coming. (laughs) 
<laughs> so yeah, DC fandom, Doom Patrol season three is exciting. I actually really do enjoy that show, despite it being kind of like everything else that's being released right now. I was hoping to hear like a confirmed date for when Titans would be coming to HBO Max. That was the one TV announcement I was hoping for, but we never got that. Uh, that is a show I'd like to go back to. And again, you know, I'm always looking for Constantine news. Nothing, nothing there really. They talked about Legends of Tomorrow, kind of fell off that show a little bit. What did interest me was the the comments from Andy and Barbara Muschietti about the Flash movie. Did you happen to catch any of those? Just a little bit, but go ahead bring everybody up to speed on that so they had both came out and said i think barbara is producing and andy is the director of the flash film uh the paradox film they kind of talked about a little bit saying that it is in fact a soft reboot for the dceu so they're not erasing what's already been done but they're making it they're bridging the multiverses and then they're also going to be you know using as like a new launching pad for the films to come so I don't know how that contradicts, you know, the rumors we've been hearing with uh, Zack Snyder's Justice League cut and the um, the Man of Steel two that could possibly be coming out. I don't know how it's going to tie into Black Adam and all that stuff, but this sounds like there's a lot hinging on the success of this film, and that scares me. You know, as far as DC films go, because you know there's always been a hitch somewhere in the DCU train, and I feel like. This well, the Flash could be really great. Remember what happened to Spider-Man Three when they're trying to set up all these these uh, you know these alleged movie scripts that Sony was working on. It just it's blew up in their face a little bit. So that's what concerns me about this, and especially with Warner Brothers' habit of not letting directors do their thing, not letting them direct. Well, I'll tell you from my standpoint, it's kind of funny because. DC is in a lot better shape than it was two years ago. And we were ripping it oh, everywhere. Sure. Yeah. You and I would just spend every week, you know, what can we do today as far as a 15 minute segment to rip on DC? Now they're, they're in a much better spot. I mean, obviously with the success of the Joker, Aquaman, Wonder Woman, they've done a, a tremendous job of that. But when you look at the organization and somebody putting on a whiteboard right now as far as trying to you know map out exactly what's going on in DC, and then you do the same thing for Marvel, and then you do the same thing for Sony's Spider-Verse. Sony's is still all over there. It's all over the place. DC, yeah. it's all over the place. Marvel is still more organized. That's why ultimately it's it's right now, even with the near future, might not be as name value as what we might be seeing from DC, name to name, you know, as far as uh, what we're seeing from the Eternals and Shang-Chi, which are relatively unknown to the general public, as opposed to what we're seeing from, from DC with a Wonder Woman and the Batman, all that. But I will say this, the organization of where Kevin Feige has, has Marvel going, I think that's somewhere where Warner Brothers needs to go. And whether they want to use Flashpoint as that cleanser to try and go ahead and either like you said not totally retcon but kind of retcon or kind of create down and organize this universe hopefully it will do that but again i'm also very concerned that it will not garner the mass appeal of some of the other blockbuster movies that we're seeing right now because obviously what happened with the first justice league if it's not well made then it could be a, a disaster for DC. Do you know, you talking about that just made me think about this, is the fact, you know what Marvel does really well that DC has just not succeeded in? Well, outside of organizational skills, I mean, they Ooh. come they come to class and they're all, they've got all their notebooks and they've got all their other books, right? They're that student that's got all their pencils, papers in there. And then you have like me rolling in there with just i throw my backpacks and all my stuff comes out of there onto the desk and there you go and this is exactly what i'm about to get at here is that marvel disney does not let the the comic book writers have anything to do with the films whereas dc has their comic book writers are heavily involved jeff johns for example you know and that he's got a little scandal going on but yeah. like jeff johns is highly involved or was highly involved in the production side of the dcu now we'll see and, how long um, that lasts 
Yeah, but I mean, like, can you imagine, like, if you had somebody who who wrote, say, we got we had Orson Scott Card, right? That he had a pretty famous run on Ultimate Iron Man. Say they put him in front of Iron Man producing the film. Do you think that it would look he, the character would look anything like he did in the current MCU? No, I know, but no. but then again, that's why Kevin Feige has that background. Even going back from the X Men and all the st- things that he, he has a movie background, but he also has a comic fandom and an understanding. Even going to mm-hmm. Star Wars, he has a super tremendous knowledge of the Star Wars universe. That's why he wants to get involved right. with Star Wars. But yeah, you know, he he's very organized because he understands the layout of of what the movie business is all about already before he even actually stepped into the role. So I think that's what happened mm-hmm. with Warner Brothers is that they didn't have the right people in place in order to go ahead and map this out. Somebody had an idea. They said, let's go with it. Then somebody else had an idea. Then so go with it. Instead of that, just one general person to say, okay, we need to go from point A to point Z. And Marvel, it looks like, has that person that, you know what, whatever crazy ideas you throw out of me, that's great. But ultimately, it's got to fit into point A to point Z. Yes. Yeah. Marvel has like one of those maps that has like every stop on the way to the finish line. It has a dot on it. Whereas DC just has did at least just have the start and the finish line. Okay. So, hey, Josh, you got this idea for this Marvel character and you got this great movie idea. That's great. The script. How is it going to fit into the larger narrative? Yes. And that's not something that was really discussed at DC, it feels like. So, that's, you know, that's, right that's, now, well, DC... that's why you and I want Justice League Snyder Cut to really work because hopefully that will create more interest in providing an overarching narrative that's going to structure and centralize everything or at least as much as possible with the with the DC universe yeah and so like this is I guess I'm excited for Flashpoint film but I'm also nervous about it because DC is in it's in a they're in a decent spot right now you know their last Birds of Prey was pretty not you know my favorite but shazam was okay aquaman is pretty liked by people wonder woman is shaping up to be pretty pretty cool and they have the snyder cut like they have they're at a point right now where they have a lot of hype for like what's coming out especially the the rock and black adam so you know i just suicide squad and the batman both have interests in them so yeah so i just don't want to see like the flash become a cluster you know like we're we're so focused on a million different storylines instead of really because a flashpoint comic it's like it's a sad it's a really sad comic i mean so the story is really it's emotional so i would hate to see that taken away from the flash just so warner brothers can like relaunch a universe if that makes sense well uh, that's ultimately what may happen with though with that film is that it might get so focused on world building that it might forget to tell its own story in and of itself yeah, yep. But otherwise, with DC Fandom, again, just a lot of small announcements for their television shows, which leads me to my last question to you, my friend. And I mentioned this on Jessica's show. Jessica Boggs has her own show, and I want to give her a shout-out. I stopped by to talk uh, television and, and wrestling and a whole bunch of stuff when we're concerned uh, her show. And one of the things was all these CW shows and – my question to you is not only with the fact that I thought CW as an existence with with HBO Max now being a priority, CW is less and less on the food chain. Maybe that CW should just like fold and go ahead and just evolve into HBO Max because giving all that content to HBO Max would just make that more enticing and I think the DC shows especially would be better served by all migrating over to HBO Max. Yeah, you know, that's actually a pretty decent point because they are, in fact, most of their programming is going to comic book properties. And it's not just the uh, DC stuff. It's also like the Archieverse and, you know, their various connections to different things. It, it We've come a long way, like long past the days of just thrown on a high school drama right whether it's uh, uh gossip girl or pretty little liars or uh what was it seventh heaven and dawson's creek like they don't 
show things like that anymore. It's all these connected universes. And this is a big issue with cable weeknight programming anyways. You can't sit down and watch something and feel connected to it anymore because you have to, like, say you want to sit down and watch Legends of Tomorrow. You have no idea what's going on because you have to watch this episode of The Arrow. You have to watch this episode of The Flash. You have to watch 10 episodes of Supergirl. Like, it, it's all so interconnected that it's no wonder it's really hard on the casual TV viewer. Absolutely. And uh, it's just a bigger issue, I think, there. So that's why I'm asking Warner Brothers to just go ahead Take everything off the CW. I mean, the CW at this point, how much longer can you accept these 0.1s and 0.2s? Uh, it just, if there's not enough people watching to sustain itself, why sustain it? All this programming would be great on HBO Max and other platforms. But again, that's just my thoughts on it. Josh has his thoughts as well. If you have your thoughts on the future of the CW, let us know. Plus also, do you think all these DC shows should migrate over to HBO Max, and of course, what happened this weekend at DC Fandom. We'd love to hear your thoughts on all these great DC subjects. Share us your thoughts, popculturecosmos at yahoo.com. Well, coming up, Josh and I are going to talk about Ubisoft, YouTube Music, and Vince Vaughn getting freaky. That's coming up after the break. This is the Pop Culture Cosmos. Coming soon, Zero Cool Films presents action figure adventure super collector jay bartlett hits the road once again in search of action figures most iconic and noteworthy and rare figures all in the name of creating the most ultimate action figure auction ever he fronts the cash that charity benefits in the end what will he get how will he get it and how well will he do find out november 1st 2020 and we're back with the pop culture cosmos it's gerald glassford along with my good friend captain josh peterson just want to go ahead and talk about ubisoft right now because they had their little forward conference which they're doing now and uh well on a regular basis so i ask you my friend was anything exciting to you like the prince of persia sands of time remake or the announcement that gods and monsters is no more it's now immortals phoenix rising which i would have kept gods and monsters but anyways Scott Pilgrim vs. the World's getting a remake. Uh, there's Riders Republic. Far Cry is, is going VR. Some decent little stuff that was out there. But was there anything that was like earth-shattering to you other than the fact that Gods and Monsters is now Immortals Phoenix Rising, which is coming out this December? I was going to make a joke and say, was it Ubisoft forward or Ubisoft backwards? <laughs> oh. um, no, but... <laughs> uh, no I, I mean, it was nothing like crazy you know i like the i'm always interested in more details about assassin's creed valhalla watchdogs legion is still like my you know the hype meter slowly like you know ticking its way up to the top line there so going down this list here prince of persia sands of time remake was it a remake that i wanted no is it a remake that i could be interested in yeah of course i mean I just I don't think it's a remake I'd want to pay sixty dollars for, but if it came out at like thirty bucks, yeah, I'd sure I'd play it. I, and you know, even looking at it, it's just the the source code for the game is so old now. Like you look at the graphics, they're nothing fantastic. You know, it still looks like it looks like a very polished Xbox three sixty game. So I mean, yes, I I am going to play it, but it's just it's oh, it's not something I'm like crazy stoked about. Scott Pilgrim vs. the World, or actually, what are your Prince of Persia? Do you have any desire to go back to this universe? Not really. I mean, uh, maybe the older game version at a lot cheaper, but I don't really... Uh, see, I don't I don't mind going back in time to get a much less expensive version of that, unless it's something like, let's say, Mass Effect. Mass Effect trilogy we've been waiting for for eons now, and they said, we're going to bring out this remake and you know it's going to clean up a lot of the things that you didn't like about the first game okay i'm in i'm sold there but with with something i have fond memories of with sands of time that i could just go back to the original version of i really don't need a cleaned up version of it it just depends me pick and choose on the nostalgia that if i want to go ahead and see a cleaned up version of it or not yeah it's and it's crazy to me to think that this was released almost 20 years ago but you know what I really would have loved to see? Remember, so remember back, I think it's like 2000, 
what was it 2007 2008 like they were gonna reboot the prince of persia series using like the game that featured all watercolors i was really excited about that game and i really loved it but they never revisited it and that kind of bummed me out a little bit well the i guess the most important thing as far as the new game announcement that was there my friend was gods and monsters no more it is now called immortal phoenix rising which again i would have just said gods and monsters and kept it that way but oh my so yeah this one it was like i liked gods and monsters like it it gave it and because it had a very it has a very cartoony look to it yeah you know it has it's a just i i like the color palette but it has the the look of like i I guess like a mix between the old like jade empire looking characters and uh you know kind of an, an anime game Will I still play? Yeah, I'll probably still play it. I just I think that Gods and Monsters was a better title. Immortals Phoenix Rising kind of makes it sound like one of those PC games that you may or may not play, but probably won't play. So any audible hype rolling around for that game? Not really. I mean, it looks okay. But then again, it looks okay. But I'm not going to spend that kind of money on something that's okay. I mean, you're you're in my hype meter on a lot of other games right now that are coming around October, November, December cyberpunk 2077 call of duty cold war which not only you and i talked about but marcus and i talked about marcus is uh, him and his friends are getting back into the game after years of not playing it you and i have talked about getting back into it after years of not playing it that's a 60 dollars investment you and i want to make immortal phoenix rising looks okay no but just okay for 60 dollars isn't going to cut it anymore yeah, well, and it looks like one of those games where you'll play for, I don't know, 12 hours maybe, and then it just the world does not look like there's enough there yet. And maybe I just need to see more about it, but it's just, it's, I don't know. You know, I look at something like Assassin's Creed. I guess that's what I compare all Ubisoft games to, Assassin's Creed and Watch Dogs, and you know, those have massive open worlds, but this one looks like it's kind of a lot smaller. Yeah, yeah absolutely. So... Nothing earth-shattering, a lot more DLC, Sam Fisher coming to Rainbow Six Siege, which is a game that's seemingly going to go on forever because they've had such a great success with it. But some decent announcements at Ubisoft Forward, Far Cry 6 update and all that, but nothing really earth-shattering outside of the announcement of a new remade Immortal Phoenix Rising out of Gods and Monsters, which Josh and I would have kept the name, but oh well. Either as it may, uh, I mean, if any of the stuff that we talked about interests you, especially Immortal Phoenix Rising, we want to hear your thoughts on why Immortal Phoenix Rising is standing out to you. And if it's not, we want to hear why as well. Share us your thoughts, popculturecosmos at yahoo.com. I have one more question for you. Do you think that since they have not talked about Beyond Good and Evil 2 in so long that it's going to become like another Skull and Bones where they just kind of don't talk about it for like five years and they come back and say oh by the way this is happening still absolutely because skull and bones i was much more interested in and beyond good and evil too i know a lot of people were really looking forward to that game maybe next year at e3 but then it's going to be one of those things that they're going to pull out you know out after years of being dormant seemingly and just say oh there it is it's coming it's coming here in a few months there you go and that, that's the problem. It's going to be this situation where they're not continually updating people on it. I really hope they haven't ditched Skull and Bones because that's the one I really wanted to play from Ubisoft the most. Yeah, well, I was reading an article. They're actually like, it sounds like they're rebuilding it. Like they're going away from the strictly ship combat to kind of making a more pirate-like RPG. So that it could could be exciting. That would I mean, that I'm, would be I'm better. Still... Yeah, that would be yeah, better. I mean, yeah. And I, I like that concept as opposed to like, I was really excited about Sea of Thieves, but it's all online. So they had like a pirate RPG that I could play by myself. You know, I would be pretty stoked on that. Well, share us your thoughts. If that's what you're looking for from Ubisoft and the future going forward, let us know. PopCultureCosmos at Yahoo.com. Well, my friend, Google Play Music is going bye 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 and say hello to youtube music which has already got 500 million downloads as far as on the app store and all that so a lot of people are already transitioning over i know nancy weems wanted us to talk about it and it's something that you know what after i saw the numbers 500 million already transferring over to it 
seems like of the many things that Google has done lately, <coughs> Stadia, that have not worked out, <coughs> Stadia, that this might be something a lot of people might get interested in because attaching the YouTube name and the YouTube success story that it is, attaching that music portion of it, especially the fact that that play that uh, I guess podcast wise, you know, because our people ask us, are you guys on Google Play? guys uh, on google podcast and all that combining a lot of that into youtube music and and that format and and all that might be a, the best way to go and combining into one platform because youtube is their most successful outlet and putting google play music and and blending that in hopefully even google podcast as well into one format a youtube music and combining that name i think is a is the right way to go yeah, Google is one of those companies that has like too many eggs in the basket. You know, why why do so many things separately when you can kind of come together? It's the same thing with like Facebook and Instagram and you know, I don't know who owns TikTok these days or nobody it would seem, but instead of competing with each other, they should just combine them. You know, I I do all my music off of um iTunes still, so I don't I have never used YouTube except to like check out a music video that somebody posted but you know it does seem like a, a better idea to combine everything into uh into one place and google play especially i know is a huge place for podcasters so you know that would make sense and i don't know if google competes you know necessarily with itunes but you know if they were to all you know bring all their branding together into one thing they could very well give itunes a run for their money absolutely i think it's something that as a repositioning, usually we're kind of like eh, eh, standoffish on sometimes on a lot of the stuff. But I think if they combine all their assets as far as audio-wise into a YouTube music platform, I think that's the best decision for them going forward. And I look forward to seeing more from YouTube music and hearing more from YouTube music here in the not-too-distant future because I think that type of platform is going to be the best one for Android users and anybody else who wants to be interested in the service going forward because anybody who really utilizes YouTube, they associate a lot of what they do with YouTube and having YouTube music is probably the best way to go. Yeah, I agree. It seems like the best choice. I know a lot of people subscribe to YouTube Premium just to be able to listen to music without having to worry about commercials popping up. So this could be the best path moving forward for them. Hopefully, people will get into it, too. Again, there's over 500 million people that have already switched over to YouTube Music, and it looks like that the switch over from Google Play Music is going to be a good one for Google. What are your thoughts out there on YouTube Music? Is it something you're now getting into? Is it a switch that you're going to make from Google Music to YouTube Music, and is it one that you're really into? Share us your thoughts, popculturecosmos at yahoo.com. Well, my friend, I wanted to ask you real quick if you saw the trailer for Freaky, because Vince Vaughn's career has not gone in the right direction since Wedding Crashers. It's kind of gone a little bit downhill, a little bit downhill, dodgeball, was, you know, obviously a great movie for him and a great vehicle, but his career has kind of been on the stall and a little bit of a de decline as of late in this decade. So I want to ask your thoughts on Freaky, which could be a comeback vehicle for him. It's from Bloomhouse, who makes all these low-budget, high-profit type films. Happy Death Day. And then they had Happy Death Day to you. Yes, for the makers of Happy Death Day, it is Freaky. Uh, <laughs> a teenage girl and a, uh, a serial killer that's around the town, a.k.a. Vince Vaughn. They magically switch places. I guess uh, she is attacked by this killer, but somehow something goes wrong, something goes awry, or some ritual is performed, or something happens that you know automatically switches them both. Uh, he becomes her, she becomes him. They switch bodies and all that. So she ends up going to high school and trying to shock her upon shockers. My friend goes to try and kill off all of her fellow students with Vince Vaughn and a couple of, uh, I guess, teenage characters who finally believe that it's actually the girl inside his body trying to go ahead and save the school. So I want to hear your thoughts. 
as a comeback vehicle for Vince Vaughn. I think this is great. It looks it looks really funny, uh, and it looks really enjoyable, and it's something that if it was, again, one of these Bloomhouse low-budget, high-return types investments, this could be another big hit for them. Yeah. I mean, I would be interested in watching this. I heard that it was a horror movie, but it sounds like it's more of like a... Well, uh, it's a Freaky Friday yeah. slasher movie. It's a horror comedy. So, yeah, I mean, I this definitely sounds like something I could be interested in. It seems like Vince Vaughn would be the right person to play that part, you know, having the whole... Uh, body switching. Being, uh, yeah, being a, a, a woman trapped in a man's body. Like, that sounds like that's, like, right up his... Uh, him being able to to portray what that would be like would be kind of right up his alley. And he's trying to convince the friends that the, she's in his body. So she has to do the cheerleading scenes because she's a cheerleader. So she's doing the cheerleading <laughs> scenes and all that as far as for the high school. And, and you see um, her as a killer, you know, with Vince Vaughn in, in her body. And it, yeah, it's just, it's, it's really amusing. It's a really novel concept an interesting way to go because you and i've seen these horror movies done to death in a certain fashion you know kill off a b c and d kill off all the teenagers end of story and happy death day to you and happy death day were a very interesting approach in the groundhog day type format so this is another look at that type of horror genre in a different format so i'm really intrigued to see how Vince Vaughn and Freaky is going to work with audiences. I think it is. I think it really is. I think it's a great way to get him back into the limelight. And this is one of those very low investment with a potential high return that we've seen from Bloomhouse to. I mean, this could be one of those, like, again, $10, $15 million cost or even less type formats. And yet it could receive, even in a pandemic, it still receive a high return. Yeah, yeah, and it seems like a movie that's aware of itself, which is makes it even better because that's what like Happy Death Day was very aware of itself, and that's what kind of made that movie enjoyable. Absolutely. So I'm looking forward to getting freaky in Vince Vaughn's upcoming horror movie coming out later this year. Well, scheduled to anyways. Whether or not it actually does, we'll wait and see. But if you've caught the Freaky trailer yet, please let us know. What are your thoughts on Vince Vaughn's new movie, Freaky, coming out in the not-too-distant future? If you're interested in this horror movie with a different type of feel, actually a different Freaky Friday type feel, we'd love to hear your thoughts. PopCultureCosmos at Yahoo.com. You're listening to the Pop Culture Cosmos. Don't touch that dial. Wait, do, do people still use dials? If you need your video game fix, be sure to check out Retro City Games. Located in Town Square on Las Vegas Boulevard or in Henderson, Nevada, Retro City Games has the cure for all your video game vices. Retro games and games for current consoles, Nintendo, Sega, PlayStation, Xbox, and more. Retro City Games has all the staples from any library and some highly collectible offerings too. So pick up a few games today at Retro City Games in Town Square on Las Vegas Boulevard or in Henderson, Nevada. Retro City Games is your video game metropolis. My friend, just a couple more things to hit on before we head on out, and that was Star Trek Discovery Season 3. It was another deal like DC Fandom this weekend where it wasn't a lot of news uh, coming out of Star Trek Day. I mean, people ask me, why weren't you covering Star Trek Day on uh, the PC Multiverse? Because that was originally what was going to be there, but there was so much news, I had to bump it to the Monday show. Because Star Trek Day as a whole, even though it was a full day dedicated to everything Star Trek, didn't produce that much in the way of new trailers or anything of that nature outside of Star Trek Discovery Season 3, which a lot of people were really excited for because Season 3 has the Star Trek Discovery crew going hundreds of years in the future into 3100 and some odd year, uh, something like that. Some far off distant future where the Federation is the way that's been structured is it's totally disbanded or destroyed and it's something that leads you to feel that that the star trek discovery crew has a really great mission now ahead i think it's a great way to go ahead and and refresh a new timeline i'm assuming that they'll get back to their own timeline at some point in time but star trek discovery season three i mean with star trek discovery one actually heading to cbs 
this fall because uh, CBS has decided to go ahead and and run the season one shows now. Is this something that could get you finally interested in Star Trek? It sounds interesting. You know, I have a thing. I don't know if it get me personally interested because I have a thing where I would have to go back and watch, you know, seasons one and two. I'm trying to entice you, man. I know, I know. Maybe I'll give it a watch. Like when it comes out, I'll sit down and watch a couple episodes and just see if it like latches on. Because I also know that if it does, I'm gonna have to go backwards and watch the whole show just because I have an obsession with continuity. Well, CBS again is picking up season one because of the fact that they don't have a full slate of all TV shows coming out in the fall. They're having to delay because of coronavirus and production issues and things of that nature. So what they're doing, like many other of these networks, as I spoke about on Jessica Boggs show, Jessica show, is that they're picking up things like from the CBS All Access, they are picking up Discovery Season 1. So people will be able, if they didn't catch it on All Access, to see Discovery Season 1 on CBS free of charge. So hopefully that'll be a way for you can get into it and others can get into it. Cause I think it's a good series, a really good series. I think season two, especially was, was uh, a lot better. Uh, season one was, was pretty good as well. So especially the back end. So I'm, I'm giving people a shout out out there. If you really want to get into what's going on with Star Trek discovery, it would be great time to go ahead and start with the CBS. Well, just the CBS network this fall with covering uh Star Trek discovery season one. So you can get, more into that get hopefully uh you know a free months of access cbs all access so you can go ahead and catch up season two and then when season three comes out you'll be all ready but yeah i'd like to see everybody start to get more into it because i think it's a show that's very well made and very deserving of your time yeah i mean it's definitely something i would like to watch like i i as i've said before i i did really enjoy the star trek films that came out the jj abrams movies uh or the one that started with his so yeah, it's it's a world I could see myself falling into. I just would need a, uh, you know, I would need time to go back and like get the backstory. Well, there you go. Hopefully, a lot of people will get into it as well. Are you interested out there in Star Trek Discovery season three, or just going back into Star Trek Discovery season one on CBS this fall? Share us your thoughts popculturecosmos at yahoo.com plus also as well popculturecosmos humanica media and game source on facebook twitter and instagram as well and while it's still live tiktok too my friend before we head on out it's been a great episode talking a lot of great things and speaking of video games that we love to talk about i didn't talk about with all the releases and of course marvel avengers and all the stuff that was going on Tony Hawk Pro Skater 1 and 2, the remake came out. And Tony Hawk Pro Skater, one of the most beloved games of right around the turn of the century, as far as it's concerned, and a game that was extremely highly rated, one of the highest rated games of all time, is is something that a lot of people were very wary of when Activision said, you know what, we're going to go ahead and redo 1 and 2. Well, they have done a great job with Pro Skater 1 and 2. I've seen all the reviews, seen a lot of videos already, and my gosh, man, the half-pipe has never looked better because we even with Skater XL and a new skate, Pro Skater 1 and 2 matches up very well with both of them, and that's really cool for a, a remade game from that's 20 years old, virtually. Yeah, I, it looks beautiful. I mean, the game looks gorgeous. I've heard, you know, I've have to wait till I get my next paycheck before I buy it. And I'm really excited to play it, but I have heard good things from a lot of people. The ratings are coming out pretty solid. Uh, Brank from super BS is, is really loving it. And I guess it, it's, there are some like mechanics that have been added into the game that haven't been in the original, but it only adds to the game itself. And like, yeah, I'm, I'm really excited to go back and play these games. I hope that's, you know, I, I get that feeling of nostalgia before, but from what I understand, like you can sit there and play it and, you know, it probably takes a good three or four hours to get through each game. So, you know, I think that $40 is definitely worth the, uh, the price tag, but I'm sure even, you know, with holiday sales coming out, you'll be able to find it even cheaper. Did you get a chance to pick it up or do you have plans to? I'm thinking about it. This one is a, is a definite buy or yeah, close to definite buy for me because I'm really interested to see what went on because I kind of got out of Tony Hawk's early on 
pro skater. I mean, series, I kind of got out in the mid 2000s after I played a couple of them. So I'm really looking to get back into it again and something that I am uh, somewhat familiar with. I'm I'm very intrigued on on going back into this world. So we'll wait and see. I may be plucking down $40 here in the not too distant future because the reviews are very good on it. They're not as high as the 100s and 99s and 98s that are that are a lot of people were giving out at that point in time, but giving out for what eights, nines uh, that I see all over the place for this, you know, even some people calling it a, a, one of the best remakes ever. That I think that this is something that a lot of people who, or if you are at all interested in, as far as the Tony Hawk series, you should put your money into. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's thirty nine ninety nine right now, and you guys can pick it up, play it, let us know what you think about it. But yeah, it is something that I am excited about. I, I wonder, you know, I know the Tony Hawk series kind of lost its luster around like Tony Hawk 4 or 5 or something like that. So I wonder if, you know, there will be future remakes, maybe a 3 and 4. And, you know, I don't know how much interest there will be in something going forward from that point. But uh, it, it makes me like look back and think that think that like yeah it would be fun to have like a remake of like 1080 snowboarding and amps and uh, what about american wasteland american wasteland would be good do you remember those espn extreme games where you had like the luge and the skateboard and the bicycle and you could like punch and kick yep you know this has got me thinking like i'd love remakes of those games too because i got a lot of fond memories playing those on the playstation well, I'm looking forward to giving that a try. Tony Hawk's Pro Skater 1 and 2 a try. I know Josh is as well. And if you're interested in that or you would love to see a future for Tony Hawk Reborn once again, either a new game in the series or which of the games in the Tony Hawk series, because there's a ton of them, which of them would you like to see remastered? I know some I wouldn't. I definitely know some I wouldn't, but there are some that are still worth remastering. Want to hear your thoughts? PopCultureCosmos at Yahoo.com. Well, my friend, it's been a great episode. Uh, you know, just just thank you so much again, as always. Marcus De La Garza will be on with me on Thursday's show because I know you've got still much more work to do. So I know you got a lot on your hands this week. But I wanted to go ahead and give a shout out again to everybody that's watching, everybody that's listening. And of course, everybody that gives us some love on our popculturecosmos.com page because every time we put out something on the popculturecosmos.com page, we always get likes there from a lot of great people. And these are the same people month in, month out, year in, year out. And so I want to go ahead and give those folks some shout out that follow us on the Pop Culture Cosmos website, popculturecosmos.com. So I want to thank you so much. But Josh, it's been a great episode. Any last thoughts on the way out? Yes, I do want to talk about Raised by Wolves eventually. I watched the first episode and um, oh, you did very what dark show. It is a very, very dark very, show. It's good. It's intriguing. I want to know more. I just... It's one of those like sci-fi shows where like I can't at this point predict what's going to happen. And perhaps that's the mark of a great show. Perhaps it's the mark of a show that doesn't know what they're, you know, where they're going themselves until they get there. But it's got me uh, interested. You know, if I had to rate the first episode, I'd give it like an eight. There I think it's pretty solid. I, I was just right under that about seven and a half and eight, but it was still very good, very solid. Uh, it's it's got me intrigued into watching the rest of the series. And I know more episodes are out. How about the boys, man? Have you caught up on the boys? No, that's my next one. I just finished Umbrella Academy season two this week, so the boys is my next in the queue. Okay, well you should be catching up on that, my friend, because that one has been pretty good. A lot of world building because they now know that they've got security of being an established TV show, so they they're doing a lot of world building, character building. But episode three, man, was still killer for me. So if you get a chance, check out The Boys. I know a lot of people are upset and review bombing The Boys simply because they're mad that it didn't all come out at once. <laughs> so when you've got a show that people are mad that is coming out every week, like TV shows used to come out, then you know you're doing something right. So The Boys is a big hit for Amazon and and yeah, it's just too funny to see that people are getting mad that it's, oh, it's coming out on a weekly basis now. Oh, man. You got people got spoiled with a binge. Unfortunately, with the, in the middle of a coronavirus and their production delays left and right, 
you're going to see a lot of this going forward, at least until the end of the year, you're going to see this spaced out week after week. So people are going to have to get used to it, at least for the short term. A couple of years from now, it's hopefully we'll all go back to normal, but at least for the, the not too distant future, the world is going to be a little different. So for Josh Peterson, this is Gerald Glassford. It's another beautiful day in paradise right here in the pop culture cosmos. We thank you for listening. And here's hoping you have yourself a great evolutionary leap in the Thunderverse has arrived. The Ring of Thunder is a whole week's wrestling in a half hour. What? The Ring of Thunder is a whole week's wrestling in a half hour. What? Every show. What? 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 You come up around here wetting in sexy Thor's yard like he's anything but the hammer swinging, burrito eating, mic blazing, marking out but never tapping out Lord of Thunder, like you would do anything but sit down, open your ears, and take in the Ring of Thunder wherever you find your podcasts like you would find any other podcasts in the Thunderverse or the ESO Network. You're listening to a Weeby Geeks Network podcast. This has been a broadcast of the ESO Network. Be part of the crew and help support our shows by donating to our ESO Patreon or by shopping for the Tee Public Store, which can all be found at www.esonetwork.com. The ESO Network, your station for all things geek. Tangent Bound Network. Let your voice be heard. TangentBoundNetwork.com Thanks so much for downloading the Pop Culture Cosmos and stay tuned as more great podcasts are on the way. Thanks again for listening to us here at the Pop Culture Cosmos.